Dan Miller, Tom McGill, and then, Hello. And then yes, welcome. <laughs> um, uh, as we sort of navigate our way through uh, cult classics, classics uh, um, of the some with more cult and less classic. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> all of them classic, <laughs> or old at least. Yes, some of them cult due to their lack of classicness, <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, mainly in the sci-fi fantasy but you know we sort of jump around quite a bit um where we have a look at film and we try to try to have a look at uh, making sense of the narrative of the production of uh, um what the film is all about and this week we're having a look at a classic from 1969 from uh anybody of uh moderate vintage uh, has a soft spot for jerry anderson and his Thunderbird exploits and uh, and uh, Stingray, various other sort of TV um, uh, miniature sort of world builders uh, look up to Jerry Anderson. Well, he had a foray into the motion picture in uh, world, uh, and his first motion picture was Journey to the Far Side of the Sun. Mm. But it wasn't its wasn't its first name, was it, Tom? I think it has a du- different name. It's called yes. Doppelganger. With with an umlaut over the yeah, A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's German. Yes. Um, and Doppelganger is obviously, we'll talk about that during our, our breakdown of the film. Um, but uh, as always, how did we find the film as far as when did you come across this one? Is it something you, you found early on uh, or is it only as late as the last few weeks that you came across this one? Never heard of it till Tom mentioned it the other day. <laughs> and I didn't know the title. That's right. <laughs> All I knew that there was a film where they traveled to the other side of the sun because there was a, an, an, an anti-Earth. Or when did a, it, opposite what, Earth. what were we looking at where it came up in conversation? What, what was the other film that we were looking at? Uh, Probably the one where they, where, they, where they leave the Earth. Where they, oh, where when they, worlds collide. When worlds uh, when collide, worlds yeah, that's right. Ah, and and yes. Tom, you initially thought that it might have been this film. I thought it was this one, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. And so you went on the hunt. And uh, with limited success initially. There aren't that many films, but there's a few. There's a like, handful of films that deal with opposite Earths and yeah. on the other side of the sun. Yeah. Oh, are there more than one? Uh, yeah, stories especially. There's this. Well, if you look at the Wikipedia, there's there's uh, short stories. There's how many times it got came up in some sort of TV episode, uh, whether yeah. it be a I'm Doctor sure it's Who in Star or Trek a, or something or other. Mm, probably oh, not in Star oh, Trek. No, no, there's definitely a, a, an alternate negative universe in a there's a mirror universe, Star a mirror Trek, universe but there's not two planets earth oh no 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 around the sun no no, no that's right mm. um so anyway the 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 plot um the the we don't we don't say enough that we're gonna do 
spoilers. Everything's going to be spoiled. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we, we, we sometimes forget. <laughs> we do. And then just blather on. I was just keen to see the ending of the film because I, I remember seeing it decades ago and not seeing the end of it because I was somehow interrupted. I, Link and your interesting. We'll certainly get to that. Yeah, the, interesting. The ending is interesting. pretty Pretty abrupt. <laughs> yeah, the end, ending is interesting. <laughs> I'm going to have some things to say when we That's get right. to the ending. It's it's very non-Hollywood, the ending as well. <laughs> oh, it's a great ending. When it comes to the... I liked uh, it. It's it's very European ending. Spoiler, European yeah. movies had the balls to... Mm-hmm. Spoilers. Kill off the good guy and, mm-hmm. and uh, do sorts of, you know... It, I saw that coming, but mm. we can't get there. I mean, it, they had yeah, to. Yeah. There, there was... So the way the plot developed, I've, I thought that they would probably have to go and and, and and they were running out of film time and kill kill off the good guys. The, the, the fact that they just kill off everything mm. that was yeah. yeah well yep. So the the, uh, the breakdown in in uh, IMDb is the European Space Exploration Council sends two astronauts to explore a planet similar to the Earth, but located on the opposite side of the sun. So the theory of the film is that we don't know that this planet is there because it's in an absolute perfect orbit um, that matches Earth, but it's on the other side of the sun, and so we never get to see it. Makes perfect sense. Now, does, <laughs> how's the science break down with that, Tom? Is that, is that something that can happen? People have looked for it. Humans have yeah. uh, have looked for those things. Is there you a can, way we would find it? Yeah, you would totally see it just by, by its gravity. You would see it how, by, how it influences gravity of the other planets. So you would see how would how it, it influences the orbit of Mars. It would, orbit. would it? Oh yeah, absolutely. Because like, the, our orbit gets influenced by Mars and Jupiter as well. Does it really? Yeah, yeah like, you can measure that. And you can anticipate. Neptune, that. I think, was it Neptune or Uranus was actually discovered through maths. Oh, okay. Nobody ever looked at it. Yeah, it's Neptune. You couldn't see it. Neptune. Yes. Yeah. So some dude, and I think it was as ma- amazing as some dude said. Go out your window today. Point the telescope over there and have a look. Yeah. And he went over and was, and there's a freaking planet right there. So, yeah. They found it within a day, I think, or first time to look once they had the mass right. They had many attempts. Mm. Yep. And then when they finally got the mass right, they, they found it immediately. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's that. So, but anyway. We'll, we'll, um, we'll circle back to um, to the miniature stuff and the, the Thunderbird-esque feel of the film uh, production-wise after we have a look at the narrative. Okay. Uh, but as we normally uh, sort of – we use the narrative to progress through the film and Dan sort of carries us through the through the story beats. Mm. Um, we burden him with the uh, – we, we just sit and watch the film. Uh, <laughs> I have to freaking remember it. Dan has to actually <laughs> take, take in notes. In fact, you, you get us to recall bits of it <laughs> yeah, that we yeah. can chime in. Yeah, and we just pretend that we know what you're talking about. And yeah, of course I saw that in the film. <laughs> yeah, I should, try, I should try one day to not just watch the show and try to fool you and everyone else yeah. into – Having having seen it, maybe I should just make up some stuff and say, yeah. <laughs> "Remember when the dinosaurs you, well, erupted fallen, out of the volcano?" I've fallen asleep in one of the films before um, and missed about half an hour of it, yeah. and I came undone when we started. <laughs> <laughs> so Wasn't worth it going back. No, it doesn't it doesn't end well? All right, Dan. So where do we start with this one? <clears throat> okay, so this story. So I've broken it up into a three act structure plus an intro. The story is fairly straightforward, which is kind of starting to see a pattern emerge when we like look at stories today there's like nine stories and subplots and there's all sorts of um side quests the pacing that this film had which is honestly the first time that i've watched a film at 1.3 speed yeah i always watch them at normal speed i can't bear speeding them up with it but this one i had to yeah i just had to so the pacing that this film had there was absolutely no 
No, no allowance for another storyline. <laughs> they needed all those 90, 120 minutes or 380 minutes, how long it was. Yeah. To, to carefully squeeze to just that, get that, that story one. out as yeah. thin as possible so that it would, uh, yeah. Yep. So, yes, it possibly doesn't have one story. It has like 0.86 of a story. <laughs> yes. Carefully, yeah, mm. stretched like, you know. Anyway, um, so it's fairly simple in that sense. There's, there's, there's sort of one story. Okay. Um. So it starts with an intro, mm-hmm. and the intro is really awesome. Oh, do you want to play the intro music? I've got some uh, some music from it. Yes. So I, I I love the intro music. This is the first thing you see in the movie. Play thirty seconds. It's so Thunderbirds. Every episode of the Thunderbirds starts with that music and it's normally an establishing shot of some kind of mining operation or something or a building that is about to catch on fire by the end of the Mm. episode or something. But it's always an establishing shot of where the problem is going to happen for the episode. Mm. And it's the same. It's always the same. You get this barricose, low-end stuff with (laughs) trombones and stuff like that. (laughs) And then in comes the, the violins and there's always this... <laughs> and then there's this this and uh, when it comes back from a commercial or we come back from uh, the Tracy Island, there's always harps. This sort of uh, and and as we were saying before, in these like sixties things, you have to have these insane bongo drums going like ballistic in the background. Yeah, bop, 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 yeah. It's very symphonic, um, quite huge, um, but it's so signature yeah. to um, uh, to that. That time period. That Thunderbirds um, (laughs) feel. That atomic feel. James Bond as well. A little bit James Bond. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. It's also got hints. It's also got hints of theremin in there. That sort of. Mm. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I remember hearing the theremin. Hints of theremin. Hints of theremin. I'm serious. It's got hints of theremin (laughs) in there. There it is. Oh, you missed it. Anyway. So yes. that's that gets you right in the mood. It does in that atomic, in that to- atomic sci-fi that's mood. Sci-fi and the world is um, pretty cool. Pretty cool to look at. It's a so we start off. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a high security, um, you know, place with um, computers, yep. and the computers have magnetic tapes, yep. you know, on them, and there's lots of lights lots of shoving in. Things yeah, yeah, into- yeah, 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 <laughs> and there's like. Six buttons yeah, yeah. in a like a little grid on a on a panel somewhere. That's right. And the, the the to to cross the security barrier, you have to go and stand behind a um a an X ray machine. machine. <laughs> yeah, it shows all your bones <laughs> <laughs> and and your pen. It doesn't, yeah. doesn't show your belt or your buttons yeah, or yeah. anything else. Your, your pen. All right, so um, a, a dude comes in to go through all this security rigmarole. And who's the dude? Who's the dude? Who's the dude in cinema history? It's Commissioner Dreyfus. It's, yes. Inspector <laughs> Clouseau's boss. I love him. Yeah. I love watching him fall apart through yeah. the progression uh, of, the, of the films. Yeah, yeah. He, st- he starts those films completely sane, and by the end of them he's a madman who wants to take over the world. I remember I used to feel so sorry for that guy. For I just, like, yeah, just, just came apart at the seams. He was a mess at the end. So he's um, he's at a check, security checkpoint, um, submitting himself for security uh, searching, etc. So it, it turns out what they want to do is they want to read a file that's stored in this security vault. Yeah, well, they want okay. to. They want to. He's a spy. Isn't he? Well, yeah. It also then turns out. Oh yeah. 
So you're not on, there yet. You're not. You're not revealing the on tier one level. Mm. He's just trying to get in there, and there's like a thousand of these kind of metal books, you know. And they sure. pull one off. This is before you know, well, USB drives metal, or anything. Metal boxes that have books inside them, paper inside it, but literally sort of photocopies of. And then they have schematics, electronic schematics, yeah. and he's like, hmm, yes. Well, he's he's doing this, and I didn't realize till yeah, later in so the movie, he's <laughs> actually when he taps his head, he's because. Spoilers. He has a camera in his eyeball. Well, it's not Instead too much, of an eyeball. Not yeah. too much of a spoiler because we find that out 30 seconds <laughs> yeah, later. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So the reason he can get past security is that he doesn't need any apparatus. It's built into one of his eyes. He's got a mm. glass eye. Mm. And then inside the eye is a camera. And he's tapping on his forehead to take photos of <laughs> yeah. the documents as he's <laughs> yeah. looking. All right. So he takes photos of the documents. Um, and it was obviously all a ruse. You know, he says, you know, so, yes, Barry, what's, uh, you know, the capacitance of the inverted, you know, whatever, and then they check and then the, the guy who's taking the photo says, oh, yes, you were correct. You were correct. So that's okay. Let's mm. now leave. And then he goes and proceeds. It was a strange jump cut because then instantly after we finished that, he's somehow back in his apartment that's in right. an it's insta-cut. It's a bit of a confusing mm. start because not only – but maybe I have some some disease that l- doesn't let me recognize faces or something. But I got really confused between Dreyfus and the other guy who oh, is the actual. Judge. And because they wore the same coat, they're both wearing a brown <laughs> coat and they have got some sort of facial hair. Yeah, that's a disease. And I'm I, a simple I had guy. A, I'm and, a simple and, guy. <laughs> <laughs> There's a name you for that. A brown <laughs> coat, <laughs> crippling brown coat disease. I'm I'm the guy who got. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, but they also have this sort of new thing. They they introduce a heartbeat monitor. And they only introduce it on those two guys. Nobody, apparently, everybody else has that in the world too. But they introduce it to the one guy. The sort of beeps, beeps when he gets excited. The 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 the, the heartbeat monitor starts mm. racing up, and he takes his pills, and he comes down again. But oh, then okay, yeah, later yeah, yeah. on, when when the other guy gets killed, we see the monitor going beep 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 beep. Ah, that's right. And then yeah. it's end. That's, that's right. right. When he the, dies. The, 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 the watch watch thing that they have, and they only have it on those two guys who, to me, look very similar. Yeah. And I had a hard time figuring out now is there because I know this is a doppelganger film. I know that there is. <laughs> and I was thinking, are we now witnessing? Are we nah. are we filming one planet? Are we are we actually? Is it going to be revealed that we were on the opposite planet the entire time yeah. and that we are seeing both at the same time? Well, I can tell you. I figured it out eventually. I can tell you. It's all. That's all you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's me being easily distracted. This is you thirty seconds into the movie. <laughs> like What's going on? <laughs> is this too much? So there's a jump cut that takes us to his like um, photographic development room yep. somewhere. Yep. Perhaps it's in the hotel room or something or other. Mm-hmm. And he um, he opens up a case and the they've made all of this cool tech stuff. He's got this. He's case. got spare eyeballs. <laughs> yeah, little pockets for spare eyeballs, and I love his little. Uh, Technique, which was to take the eyeball out, right? Put it on the end of a long um, spinning rod. rod. It's like a screwdriver thing with a screwdriver with a motor sort of thing. They put the eyeball on top, and he's got like four little little (laughs) tiny bucket development fluids. Yeah, Yeah, and he spins the eyeball in one, and then he spins it in the next, and then when it gets to the end, he blow dries it off. And then he puts it on a projector and projects light through it. He's too. got like this laser beam projector thing that comes up and he clips the eyeball on the end and it projects all of the secret info up on the wall. So, we, so we see what he has. Um, he's got all the top secret stuff from his trip to the vault. So he's, he's stolen all that. Right. And I, I just, at that about that 
time at the movie and now we're only a minute into the movie and I was like, yes, I love this movie. Yeah. Because uh, they just put so much effort in. Oh, I can imagine all of the guys that made all of that equipment absolutely. and all of that stuff. And it reminds me, like in, in the Thunderbirds, whenever they do close-ups of panels, they use real hands. Mm. Like, oh, and, yeah, yeah. And, and the details. <laughs> like, so when they used to do Thunderbirds, you were doing either miniatures or you were doing life-size stuff for those close-ups mm. where you would see a dial being turned or a mm. switch being switched off or whatever, and they were real hands. It looked exactly like one of those cutaway shots from whenever he was doing something in front of the camera. Mm. And you can tell that there's a there's a stylistic mentality that's drifting into this film from Jerry Anderson's um, past. They made this film, this is one of their sort of lo- the tail end of their productions. So this is after the Thunderbirds. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. He, he was trying to break into film for a long mm. time. All right, so <clears throat> that's the intro, and that's done. That's out of the way. And then there's the opening credit sequences, which for some reason they decide to go on for ages explaining who the hairdresser was and what type of lipstick they used and who was the clipper boy and the best grip and all of that. That goes on for bloody ages. Well, did you notice at the end of the film there was nothing? Like there was no credits at all. That's, yeah, yeah, that's not uncommon for films from the from that era. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, they, they well, put it the all 50s, up front. Forties and fifties yeah. and so on always mm. ended, and the sixties they probably had more end credits. They literally say the end and then mm. black. Yeah, yeah, we're out. Interesting. Mm. All right, so we hit the first act, mm-hmm. um, and we're going to meet uh, one character who's pretty important. He's possibly the main character. Yeah. Um, and what's his name? His name is Jason. Jason Webb. Jason Webb, play, right? Played by Patrick Wymark. So, and if you close your eyes, he's just got that British narrator's voice. Um, when you listen to, when you watch the film, you can hear his voice, and you can hear him. I think he played a lot of Romans in a lot of swords oh, yeah, and okay. sandals movies and <laughs> okay, stuff like yeah. that. Uh, but yeah, he's been in a lot of film. Patrick Wymark. So he's going to play like the boss of NASA, but the it's not English NASA. version it's of NASA. The English version, yeah, right. Yeah, it's, it's what's it called? Euro, Euro, something um, or other. It's called European Space Exploration Council. So, UCO, UCO, Eurosec, Euro, Eurosec, something like that. Yeah. So, what's his actual character? Would you describe? Give you some words that describe his character. Oh, the type of. Well, I think he's um. He's pretty cutthroat. Like, uh, um, he's, yeah, he's a, a bit of a bulldog. He's a bull. That's a good word, bulldog. Yeah, yeah he's mm. a bit of a bulldog. Yeah, um, he's very pushy. Yep. Uh, he's got a fairly short temper. Not that he gets hyper angry, but he, he yep. seems to be pissed off most yep. of the time. Well, he puts high expectations on people. Yeah, once and he gets get pretty, done. pretty shirty when they don't yeah. meet, meet his high expectations. Yeah, yeah. He nearly kills one of his mates later on, the, the scientist guy who he forces to go on. The, yeah, yeah. Mission. We'll get to that later. He kills him by looking at him. <laughs> he looks at him and then the guy dies. Oh, oh that, no, that's, that's, that's later, other, later, that's later, right. later. Yeah, yeah. So I was just wanted to highlight that, that it's a bit of a strange character to be the main kind of hero, not really hero, but he's mm. like the central character because he's a bit of a jerk. He's the, the driving force. He's yeah. certainly central to the narrative, isn't he? Everyone else is peripheral to his... He starts the process and then he's right at the end. We follow him all. He's, it's yeah. really kind of his story, though he doesn't do the action-y bits. He's, mm. yeah, so yep. that's pretty interesting. All right, so th- we're going to start with the big NATO meeting. Beep, 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 beep. That's right. And there's going to be um, – they've got a setup a bit like what we have here. That's right. It's, it's still ready to go for podcasting. Yeah, yeah. 
They're in the future of 1998 or something or other. (laughs) So it's a room of televisions. Yes, yes. With obviously two cameras for the two guys. So it's a room of televisions specifically built for two people and a whole bunch of people on the other other parts of the world. Yeah. And I liked how when they talk, they had to press a button, which kind of gave them control of the microphone. (laughs) So it was like, click, hello, hello. And then the other guy would go, click. Now then, I want to talk about something. It puts the camera on them, I guess. It's the editing. Oh, it's, it's real live editing. Yep. All right. So we don't mess around. Mm-hmm. It's like they, they say that we found a planet on the other side of the sun. We send off a satellite and there's a bloody planet on the other side of the sun. Yep. So the basic plan is they're saying, you know, we're going to need a little bit of money to send a rocket ship over there. Yep. And so how much money? Is three thousand billion dollars or something. Or billions. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, <clears throat> right? And I could be way off. I was always led to believe that we have different, we have a different understanding of what a billion is to mm. what, to what the Yanks. Yeah, absolutely. What do the Yanks think a billion is? They think I think is it a hundred? It's a thousand million is a billion to the uh, Yanks. Yeah, it's ten to the power of six is a million, right? Yeah. Ten to the power of nine is the next order of magnitude. Well, is the next thousand. Well, you just triple. made it way more complicated for me. Three, three. We jump three, three orders of magnitude. Oh, three zeros. You can have nine hundred and ninety-nine million dollars in the Americans, but you can't have a thousand million. Okay. Well, thousand million is a billion. Is a billion. And now, is that a billion to us as well? I would have guessed that's what it would be. Because somewhere on the planet, people see a billion as a different denomination. Like it's, it's not a thousand million. No, for example, in Germany. So we have a million, mm. and then you add another three zeros, which is 10 to the power of nine, mm. which is a milliard, Ooh. and then 10 to the power of 12 is a billion, which, which and would then mean, 10 to the power of 15 is a billiard. Now, well, that makes is, sense. does that mean it's 10,000 million? I need a, a pencil and a sheet of paper to answer that question. <laughs> and I think computers both with Google. I, I need a differential okay. analyzer. I think it might be the same in the UK, right? I think it might be the same in Europe in general, is that the, a billion? if you're a billionaire in Europe, you're a hell of a lot richer uh-huh. than you're a billionaire in the States. But I think our billionaires are the same as the Yanks. Yeah, I, yeah. I think I a thousand think million is a billion. Yeah, that, that that's the English. To us. I think it's in all of... In English as well as in Australian. Yeah. Or in American. Yeah. Well, the guy said a, th- a 3,000 3, billion, billion pounds, yeah. which seems a little excessive, actually, for anything, actually. <laughs> but it's the future, and they took, <laughs> the writers took inflation into account. Yeah. We'll need space diamonds for this. All right. So, um, so you know, the Europeans guys say, oh, nah. they, they laugh at you. Yeah. Nah. It's nah. ridiculous. It's fobbed off immediately, but what was really important was the reaction of the NASA guy. And he and and the the doctor Kane. Um, so in the live portion of the meeting is is the head of the European Space Agency, Andrew Jason Webb, mm-hmm. and then Kane, um, John Kane, who mm-hmm. is the physicist that's in charge yeah, of the yeah. program. Yeah, he notices the reaction of the NASA guy, and he makes point of, well, it doesn't really matter what they think; it's what he thinks. And his reaction was not good when he heard the, the figure. Yeah, yeah, the Americans. So the meeting didn't go well. So the meeting didn't go well. And it's a bit of a 
pattern. I think in Worlds Collide, the UN was bloody useless yep. as well in yep. that and didn't want to oh, pay yeah. for anything. And what's the one with the skies on fire? The the Van Allen belts on fire. The UN yeah. once again. Yeah. To the <laughs> Let's do the nothing. Thing. Yeah. And they all die. <laughs> so anyway, it's a bit of a trope. So they're going to need the Americans to help. So mm. they basically invite um, the American ambassador in or whoever it is and they ask for a shit ton of cash from him and uh, he basically turns him down as well. Yep. Um, all right. So the next story beat is a discussion that they have in the office. And I want to highlight also that another thing that I loved about the movie was there was tiled floors everywhere and everybody has hard shoes. And turtlenecks. Everybody's and wearing turtlenecks. turtlenecks. And skivvies, yes. The entire yes. And future is full of men wearing turtlenecks. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And even when there's there's sort of jackets, <coughs> wing-collar jackets, there's a turtleneck underneath the jacket. <laughs> and those pants that... That go like that. The really skinny at the ankles, which will come back in fashion. Well, I love the sound because in, in this, you know, there's tiled floors, yes. and, the, and all the women have hard shoes, and all the guys have hard shoes. There's, yeah. So there's all this clop, 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 clip, yeah. clip, clop, clop yeah. as everybody moves around. Yeah, I don't know. It's really iconic. Which is probably exactly what it sounded like at NASA. Yes, it probably did in, in the '60s. Actually, it reminds me of a Jacques Tardy. Anybody? Anybody? Mm. No. Jacques mm. Tardy. No. Mm. No? Mm. no. That's just. You're just putting letters in, in a match. <laughs> That's French. That's the French will be pissed off that they're anyway. Jacques study, but uh, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> so Americans are the only hope. And then the um, the next one is there's been a security leak. That's right. The this uh, is important story, Pete. The big Kahuna, Jason Webb, uh, knows that there's a security leak. A he mentions he mentions it to the NASA guy when they're in their meeting when NASA turned them down and said, "Look, our answer is no." Mm-hmm. Um, and he he says, "Look, there is a what what are we going to do when somebody else goes before we do to the other planet?" Yep. And the NASA guy says, "Well, you know, ha, ha, who else knows about it? No one else can know about us." And he declares, no, you know we have a security leak. So it sounds to me like they hadn't confirmed a security leak, but they suspect. I think you actually skipped a story they beat there. They suspect one. They suspect a st- Yes, exactly. They suspect a security leak. Yeah. And what does Jason do when his head of security turns up with his skivvy and his James Bondy look? And the, the guy says, I think we have a security leak. Yeah. And Jason says, feed him more information. Yeah, don't re- well, actually, remove his restriction. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> But if you find that it's him, don't arrest him. Yes. Now, I thought what he meant by that is don't arrest him, let him keep releasing stuff. He didn't mean that, did he? <laughs> no, did he no. So <laughs> what did he mean? They're, they're chasing the, the, the security leak, the yeah. fan of the security leak, chasing the security leak, and Jason, our hero, yeah. says if you find him, mm. don't arrest him. Yeah. Know what I mean? Nudge, nudge, wink, wink, yeah. wink, wink. <laughs> Which I still took as... Let him go. Let him let him keep doing yeah, it. Yeah, he let yeah. him go. He let him go to it better. Yeah. So we cut to Inspector Dreyfus with his Watch, eyeball watching popped his out. eyeball projector. <laughs> yeah, yeah, checking out his projector again. Giving it the one-eye review session. And then, like, the door bursts open and you see a gun pulled out of a jacket. That's right. <laughs> and they yeah. kill the shit out of him. That's right. And But we get to see the killer. Right when you th- think, oh, this could be a bit of a whodunit, you know, who, who took him out. Yeah. Because I was so surprised that it was the security guy when they find when the camera sort of pans around and reveals that it's the yeah yeah sort of James the, Bondy polishing and his then my brain goes, oh, and sticks it back in his that's, jacket. That's what he meant by "don't arrest him." Mm-hmm. So this movie has some kind of weird t- yeah. tones that go on. This yeah. is Jason, our hero, in charge of NASA, who's essentially executing people. Yep, yeah, I agree. All right, so 
But there might also be a, a, a sort of a um, – there's probably a, a method to his madness mm. because now he can use that as lever- leverage yes. on the Yanks. Yeah. He can say that, you know, there's been a security leak and if somebody else gets to the planet before we do, you know, you won't be able to rip it off. You know, they'll rip it off. And uh, so the Americans come around and say, yeah, all right, we'll give you He a- did the one thing that, that could bring the whole <laughs> thing undone. Like mm. you go to NASA and you say, we now know that it's a security leak. Oh, okay. How did you? How do you know? Uh, it was this guy, radio. So, how, when can we question him? <laughs> yeah, I know. When can we get some more information? We want some confirmation. He's dead. <laughs> yes. Don't worry. We've taken care of all of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can go straight to the. <laughs> oh well, if that's the case, here's a, here's a trillion dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, well, in that case. All right. So the Americans pay up, um, pay up all of the money, mm-hmm. um, but they have one stipulation. One of their pilots has to go. That's right. We want an American on that ship. Mm-hmm. And, and, and uh, Jason Webb doesn't really have much of a problem with that. Yes. Initially doesn't really care. They want the best of the best of the best yep. of the best. Yeah. And that would be, what's his an name? American. Glenn. Colonel Glenn Ross. Glen, Colonel Glenn, Glenn Ross. Ross. Yes. Glenn Rowan, Glenn Ross. Okay. So we don't mess around. Yes. Um, Glenn Ross just like arrives on a ship. Mm-hmm. And when uh, I say a ship, and what kind of an? Oh, yeah, when I say a ship, I don't brilliant. mean a ship. I mean a ship. The arrival was brilliant. Yeah, where picture a seven four seven set in fifty years time, uh, hot coming in and hover landing, and then some kind of other vehicle. It's like a drives crane. up behind it, like a crane that the fuselage comes down and rests on this truck like thing, but not yeah. before the the actual driving cab for this vehicle raises up <laughs> uh-huh. lets the thing and then rises down so it can drive underneath that whole mechanism is so that it doesn't back out yes from underneath the plane it can now drive through the underneath and then the mechanism rises back up so he can see where he's driving that whole raising lowering thing mm. Is specifically so that it doesn't have to back up twenty feet, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then drive off. Well, the whole sequence is specifically so that the people don't have to put foot on the runway, <laughs> exactly, yeah, but yeah. get travelled another twenty meters <laughs> and then can disembark. We could literally have cut a hole in the terminal perfectly so that the plane could go into the terminal, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the nose and of then the plane. they just walk out. But it was so Jerry Anderson, yeah, wasn't absolutely, it? so over the top, so Thunderbirds. So, yeah, and you can just imagine because it was so sort of intricate and it was all cool and it was well done and the, yep. the, the, this sort of transformer thing going on. I thought on the and smoke and, and fire effects were on a new level in this film. Yeah, they were definitely very, very good. They were much more yeah. believable, especially yeah. the jet the jet fire mm. that was coming out of some of the rockets. Yeah, yeah, they did that really well. Mm. Uh, so that's how um, good old um, – what is it? Jo- um, Ross? Glenn. Glenn Ross. Glenn Ross. Glenn Ross Play, arrives. Playboy Roy Thines. So the next story beat is they have Finnis. a they have a little bit of a party, you know, for, mm. for his arrival. He, he turns up with his wife. Oh, he turns up with his wife. Played right. by his wife. Oh, was it actually oh, his right. wife? Played by Roy Thinnes' actual wife. Originally it was supposed to be played by a different actress, but she pulled out at the last minute. Mm. And so the, the wife of the actor, the mm. Colonel Glenn Ross, was an actress as well. And so she said, oh, I'll do it. Awesome. Yeah. So when he's slapping her around later in the room, <laughs> yeah, giving yeah. her the Sean Connery, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was his real wife. All right, so there's a welcome party. Yes. 
And we're going to need another astronaut. So there's a very quick little important scene. It's a very bizarre scene because the, the uh, Jason Webb gets up, calls the scientist over, uh, John John Kane. Takes he's him like aside. Carl Sagan or something. Takes him, yeah, he's yeah, like yeah. this he's, Carl. He's, he's a physicist. Yes. Right? Yeah. Takes him aside. You know, he doesn't want anyone. He takes him out of earshot of anyone, and they're sort yeah. of they shoot the shot through. A mesh grill. Yeah, thing. while they're all drinking cocktails out of coconuts yeah, and yeah, things, yeah. and um, and he's making out like we really need to put a special. We need a specialist on the. You know, someone, someone. You know, and it, he made it out like it was very important that we have our man on. And then he says, "And it should be you." But nothing really. There's no real reason why he is that guy. Mm. Is there? Well, they, he said that we needed an an astrophysicist, just so we need case, a science boffin on the on the trip, just in case there's something. The, that in case find something, somebody needs to read a protractor or something or other. Because he's yeah. the boss, the, the yeah. Jason Webb is the boss. He can just nominate somebody, and he goes on the on the yeah. on the journey. There's no selection criteria. So but we, the problem is that is that that guy. So nepotism. What the, what's that guy's name? See, I can't even remember his name. John Kane. John Kane. He didn't really even stand out when he was in a shot by himself. No, he was you know? meant to be a throwaway because you have you need to have a disposable person. Mm. So right at the start, you know, either he is going to be another spy who's supposed to kill kill uh, Glenn Ross, but then fails and dies, yeah. or he's simply a throwaway so that we can have somebody a crash. red shirt. Yeah, he's a red shirt from the well, start. Man, yeah. gets, I was a bit confused by him, to be honest with he, you. He gets the short straw, really. Like he is. <laughs> Pizzled right through the training process because right? he's not an astronaut. He doesn't. No. The other guy, the, the American, he's sort of used to the whole yeah. uh, the centrifuge mm. training and yeah. the speed toboggan training and on the this rocket stuff. toboggan, rocket and, toboggan and, yeah, with your shirt off and with a thousand off, wires. And I, and I thought, oh, like, what, like that's a unique decision because that's what <laughs> yeah. that's what NASA does. It puts astronauts in rocket toboggans without their shirts on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then when they're whizzing him around, because okay, so they have to train him, right? Yeah, so this is right. what they're doing. So yeah. they put, take this poor old Carl Sagan physicist <laughs> and they stick him in this yeah. <laughs> centrifuge and crank and, it. Yeah, and they spin it up to a you know a thousand, <laughs> you know, well it's up to eight hundred or something, and they're going, yeah, okay, that's enough. Let's turn it off. And Jason walks in and says, "No, let it go. Keep going. <laughs> Keep going." <laughs> You know, you've got to have that. You'll kill him, goddamn yeah, yeah, you. Yeah. She got to take it, Captain. And then, yeah. So I, I'm not sure what that was all about, but no. he was probably trying to test him or something or other. Yep. All right. So John's having a very stressful, stressful, stressful thing. And then we see this odd little scene where Glenn and his wife, mm. we get a little bit of home life. I thought it was Glenn funny. This, there is a bunch of stuff in this film that were telegraphed to the audience, right? Very first, when we meet the wife and the husband, when when the Colonel Glenn turns up at the airport with the wife, mm-hmm. he's introduced to a bunch of people, right? Mm-hmm. He's introduced to... Jason Webb, the big kahuna. Mm. He's not introduced to uh, John Kane. I don't think he's there at the airport. No, but, I think he is there. But, it's just as he's such an invisible character yeah, that you, you never might notice. Be right. You might be right. You he's never just standing off to the side. <laughs> yeah. He's introduced to the chief of security, the guy that put a couple the James of bullets Bond dude, into yeah. Yeah, the guy with the white turtleneck, with the gun-toting white turtleneck guy. Um, and he's introduced to the little um, wet blanket um, German actress 
that I think this is the only English movie that she's been – massive career. Oh, right. But okay. it's all German titles all the okay. way down there. Okay. Um, you would know her, Tom, maybe. Loni von Friedel. Maybe I should yeah, know Loni von Friedel. Loni um, von Friedel. She played Lisa Hartman. And there was a th- the one weird standout person in the group – he was like their PR yeah, yeah, marketing yeah, guy. Yeah. And he moved across the group and went and stood next to the wife. Yes. And I remember looking at that saying, that couldn't be that, that, as that obvious that, mm. that we're now going to have some sort of affair or something with mm. that guy. Mm. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. Because she comes home later, uh, she comes home late and he's already at home um, lying on the bed. And she's dropped off by him, who's oh, taken right. her I didn't out notice that. touring and okay, stuff. Okay, okay, yeah, because I did notice that it was weird as They're well. Up to no good, because yeah, that PR guy, guy, he's like, you know, here's Glenn and yeah. here's Glenn's wife, and he says, "Why, hello." You know? <laughs> he just moves across and stands next, like he's over here, and he moves and, and across Glenn's and standing on the other side yeah, of yeah. his wife. Yeah. Well, that's normal for these films. Men, real men, smoke, drink, and fornicate. Like in the last one, they're just snogging in a helicopter, <laughs> flying across yeah. the. That's yeah. it. All right. Um, so yes, then they get into a bit of a fight, and we have the um, the discipline moment. So, what's the purpose? Like, this story is about finding a planet on the other side of the sun. Yes, that we must endeavour to go and explore because it's a science fiction movie. So, what's the fight about? The fight is about. The fact that they can't have kids because he's got a limp willy. And <laughs> but he doesn't. Hassling him. But he doesn't. Yeah, but, yeah, he thinks that she's taking contraceptive pills and which, that's Which he's got evidence of. He's, which he's got evidence of. He's holding the packet of pills yeah. in his hand. And then he, she calls him a bastard or something yeah, or other. And, and I think the final straw was when she said, you know, it's not my fault if my husband went to space and came back half a man or yeah, less yeah, of a man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's Sean Connery. And every time I see a scene like that in that in that era of film, I'm reminded of that that interview with Sean Connery where he just blatantly looks down the camera and says, sometimes, sometimes women deserve a bit of a slap. <laughs> I think it was only the 80s or something when he said it. But he, he comes – because Connery beats the shit out of women in the old James Bond movies and A Man with a Golden Gun and things like that. He's yeah, actually yeah. beating women up so that they give him information. And, yeah. Um, so, yes, there's fisticuffs um, with the wife. Who falls down onto the shag pile carpet. That's right. <laughs> and, and I love the sound effect. Obviously, they don't actually hit anybody, yeah. right? So it's pretend. So they put in a fake sound effect, and it's always the, the cheesiest clap noise. It's the psh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Spencer Terrence Hill thing. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So that brings to the conclusion the first act. And the stage is now set. Oh, no, we had one other scene which we can't go past, and that was everybody went down to look at the rocket. So we're going to go fly across the other side of the sun and we're going to do it. And we've now chosen the astronauts and they go down to the viewing platform to and look at the inside rocket. Inside the big indoor sort of Yeah, they've got a, a building that kind of splits yep. apart so that yep. the rocket can come out. And, I thought that um, was pretty NASA. That was um, oh, it was bloody epic. Yeah, that, that was. Well, this is 1969. Same, film, same right? year. So exactly. In fact, yeah. the tagline is "Man has conquered the moon with the 
with the epic Apollo 11 flight now take another momentous journey. And so that's a, that's an actual movie poster. Okay, well, we didn't do the tagline. You have to do the other tagline, but remember that there's going to be yeah, yeah. going to be some rhyme, so yeah. I'll let you I'll let you You will meet yourself face to face when Earth meets its duplicate in outer space. <laughs> and where else would it meet another planet? <laughs> In outer space. <laughs> the cat in the hat is back. And I like the, the artwork as well. There's like the earth and there's like another earth like yeah. peeking out. <laughs> Hello. Did you ever see Amazon Women on the Moon? It's a spoof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a National Lampoons, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the, 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 they, they land on the moon for the first time and they get a call by the president, from the president. And the president introduces himself. This is President Cooper of the United States on the planet Earth. <laughs> <laughs> Calling the moon rocket. <laughs> All right, so we're heading in, um, into Act Two, and um, yeah, get some of those images cycling. They're really cool. Um, so the first one I've got here, the first story beat is cool miniature rocket launch. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The detail is pretty impressive. I've got some images that'll come through, come past, and you'll see that it's it's about a six foot. It must be very rocket. big. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty big. Yeah, um, and all the gantry and the cables and, and those the, yeah those fuel lines and and it's not just the miniatures. It's that stuff. It's the fact that yeah. there's there's um, there's a smoke coming out and it's that smoke that drops. Yeah, it's heavier than steamy. air. Sort of sets up, up us up for a big problem in the plot later on. Is it? Well, they have this big ass rocket to get off. Yeah, for the f- f- of the how planet. Do you, how do you get home? How do you get home? <laughs> They, all they're left with is this tiny little landing ship, and in fact, later in the film, that, that's all they need to, to <laughs> yeah, get. Yeah, it's got it of, is, no, no. Well, you've got to spend that three thousand billion dollars somehow. Yeah, exactly. The whole thing's a scam. Anyway, they've got little elevators that go up inside the miniature, and then they've got little tiny people, which are obviously little tiny, you know, things on a little stick that yeah, just yeah. gets pulled across. So there's yeah. little people walking around and everything. Oh, it's bloody awesome. It's sort of a culmination of years of miniature work brought to bear with a cinematic budget, and it looked like it. Like, mm. it was impressive. All yeah. of the shots looked fantastic. That was all of their skills all put together. Oh, there they are with their space car. They've got a space car as well. We it was impressive. talking about the space car. Yeah, the space yeah. car was the future. So what well, is, it's not really space. It's a future car. It's a future car. And what, sh- what is the future? Like, what, 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 what is it? Doors open upwards. 50 always. years out or is it 100 years out? Now? I imagined it was, like, because it was filmed in 1969. Mm. So I remember that's what, 1998. It's like... It probably would have been, wouldn't mm, it? You know, 40 years, They would have been thinking sort future. of 40 years into the future. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> wouldn't they be disappointed? <laughs> yeah, I know. Where's my damn rocket car? Nothing. Mm. Nothing. We didn't yeah. get any of this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so they blast off into space, and when they go up into space, what's the next thing that they do? They go to sleep. <laughs> they have That's a right. bit of a snooze. That's right. They have. Well, they've they got these helmets put on, yeah. which are so intensely foam cushioned on the inside. They're, they're like motorcycle helmets. You put them on, except these helmets are screwed onto your neck and you can't do anything with your head. And then <laughs> it makes sense because they're, 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 there's pillows. Those are the pillows inside. So yep. they just go into the spaceship and they say, now I'm going to inject myself with some sleep serum. Yep. Through this special... Through their special yeah, they have ports in their, in their wrists. They've had yep. ports grafted uh, into their actual uh, arms for this uh, transfusion of... Whatever it is, and obviously your waste goes out and uh, gets cleaned, and then because you die, wouldn't you? Like your kidneys, because you, you're not going into stasis, you're not going in, you're not being frozen. 
Ah, so that that, so that, that nourishes to, them. It well, it's it's di- yeah, I guess it's a dialysis, but also it's brings in nutrients. Yeah, I guess so. it'd have to be. So they're kind of going into a bit of a hibernation. Now mm. this kind of leads to a bit of an odd point. How totally long atrophy? <laughs> three yeah, months. Yeah. yeah, you'd be. Biting. They say how long did it say? Three months oh, or three weeks? It was it's three weeks. weeks. Three weeks. Yeah, three weeks. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's like three weeks to get to the other side. Yeah. So. I don't know. Maybe you'd get bored just sitting there for three weeks. So screw it. It's a small we'll capsule. Just... They, those two guys don't know each other very well yet. So let's yeah. better better put them to sleep. They'll run out of things. You know, they'll start. They'll do a dark star and start doing <laughs> knife things with their hands, <laughs> throwing things at each other and annoying each other. All right. So um, then there's a kind of a montage. Time has passed. They uh, actually something Flash Gordon about the montage with the the cloudy coloured cloudy swirl. Well, that's what we get like into. That. Yeah, that's the next thing mm. is um, we go into the trippiest dream sequence mm. that you ever did see. It's the sixties. The Beatles would be impressed. Yep. Stanley Kubrick in his two thousand and one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yep. we do that. Yep. So this is where I think people. The emotional tone of the movie is starting to, and this is where we were saying that it's it's drawn out because it really starts to slow down at it this does. part of the movie. It really does, especially when when they wake up, they have to transfer to the, the land, lander, the lander, right, yeah, which yeah. is like a plane, yeah, right? it's like a space shuttle that's yeah. parked in the back of the the orbiting, yeah, craft transport thing. And for a movie that has a fairly slow pace to it. We're going to slow it right down. Fuck me. Like, like, um, zero, zero gravity, right? On a, zero gravity on a budget usually just means in slow motion. Really <laughs> yeah. fucking. Like those scenes from uh, 2001, The Space Odyssey, you know, mm-hmm. when on the, on the passenger flight mm-hmm. where the stewardess is sort of walking down and mm-hmm. they're like, fucking hell. There's moments in 2001 where I just – I cannot get past them. I just nod <laughs> off. And I remember thinking, I was watching this film, and I remember thinking, God, this, it couldn't get any slower than this. I, wanna, I can feel my soul leaving It's going to start body. going backwards in a second. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there's no tension. It's like a nothing. Uh, yeah, at yeah. no point do you think, oh, is there any danger? Maybe his mate yeah, might get yeah. sucked out or something. Yeah, no. There was nothing. There was so, no tension. So, yeah, there's this kind of – they're sleeping and then there's this montage and then there's this trippy... Yeah. Well, it's very pheromone, pheromone yeah, yeah. music. Yeah, yeah, and then there's, there's lights and rainbows and then that stops and they wake up and then there's this super slow, very slow, yeah. and then they're in the spaceship and they're yeah. like, okay, so shall we get on the planet now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. let's take some photos. Let's find, a, let's find a place to land. Yeah, yeah, yeah let's do that. Good to go. So it's like, yeah, the, the, the tone and pace kind of goes all over the shop. So the next stage is they're going to land on the planet... So they take some readings and they do whatever you do, and then they head down through the atmosphere. They take right. some photos, and then well, they have an instant developed printer that spits all the photos yeah. out on a long little that's right thing that you can look at, and then they say, "Oh yeah, that place there it's, looks good." It's important to note that the zero gravity environment that they're in, the photos all fall on the ground. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's no no other than moving slowly. There's been no attempt made to make this look like it's None. zero gravity. None. Yeah. Um, so they're looking for a place to land. Yeah. Yeah. Now we've we've we should compare. One day we should do a show. Oh, all our on, crash. All yeah, our yeah. All crash landings yeah. on another planet. Yeah. How this does was it work? meant to be a landing. This should have been like yeah. like when Forbidden Planet or something. Well, you know you they, actually land because you know there's no danger. Nothing went wrong. Landing, they didn't put the landing gear down. Like they had no intentions of landing <laughs> at all. There was. I remember thinking, what? Where's your landing gear? You're just going to go in belly. And later on, we find out that it actually has. 
skis. There's skis when it comes yeah. out later and launches when they launched the doppelganger. Um, it has skis at least. It didn't have wheels, but it at mm. least had skis. Why didn't you lower some kind of landing apparatus? So they come in at a million miles an hour through the atmosphere and there's sparks and fire and everything's going wrong and then they crash, bang, straight into the bloody planet. And, and it's the, like the best the place they could find was this mountainous region. Yes. 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 They crash straight yeah. into a mountain. It's an identical other. planet and they picked the, the, the region that they couldn't find any life forms either in their readings. Is that correct? This is no, the, I think. When they no, scanned think, the planet. Did they I actually, but they never. Oh, I loved that shot, by the way. There's an awesome shot. Sorry. It's, it's not an Is it an identical planet? Like, look, does do the continents look the same? Because I don't think. They never stated. Never they never that. said that. They no, would I have. Never saw they that. should have. There they would have said, ooh, this looks just like our Earth, which they didn't. There I don't was know a why statement they later on when they were questioning whether there was this um, mirror planet. Someone makes reference of, well, we when we orbited. Did our scans? Is it possible that you can't find life? Well, yes, you can orbit the planet Earth and find very little life if you orbit around a certain way. If you go across the Pacific and then across the Atlantic, okay, you know what I mean. Like you wouldn't a, see it. You, yeah, okay. There's a way that you can sort of miss it, miss miss it, yeah. miss the big okay. cities. You mean they, they make they make mention of that. Well, in theory, it would be identical, wouldn't it? Like. No. Everything else is. Yeah, 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 yeah. In theory, it should be. In fact, look at that picture there. Yeah. That picture there has a blue. Oh, that might be from the end because there's. Well, anyway, who knows? Who knows? I thought that they might have said, "I'm detecting vegetation" or something mm-hmm. or other, but they didn't like go, "Holy fuck!" There's fucking plants down here. Yeah, yeah. It was more like, "Oh yes, vegetation. Yeah. Okay then. Yeah, let's move on." Yep. So anyway, it was a bit weird. So they crash on the planet. Mm-hmm. Now. I want to get a little bit meta here because they've crashed the planet and and really, spoilers, even though this is all spoilers, this is actually the copy of Earth on the other side of the the sun, right? Yes. It's the copy. Yep. And so when they're, they're fumbling around and everything's on fire and he's trying to save poor old John Redshirt who's going to die anyway, mm. and then they see this strange light. Yes. Right? And then... An alien comes down on a rope. Yes, that's right. And it's really just a helicopter with somebody about to rescue them. Yes. He, he's, I think he declares himself as a, a, a sea rescue guy. Yeah. Yes. From and in, Myanmar or He's from Mongolia. Mongolia, okay. And they, of course, wear alien uniforms as in Mongolia. Yeah, have Mongolia. you been? Have you ever been? Oh. And he had flippers on. Can you say on. that they don't? <laughs> well, he had no, flippers on, even though <laughs> he was saving them from the mountains. And there's one other thing. This is why I'm getting meta. Yes, he had flippers on. He had the most ridiculous alien helmet you've ever seen. Yep. And he, and he spoke pu- English. He spoke English. And he says, he asked them if they speak English. He asked them if they speak English. That's all explainable because he's the rescue guy in a helicopter. Yep. But he punches Glenn in the face. Just before that conversation, there's a scuffle. Yes. Where isn't a gun pulled? Doesn't Glenn? Yes, he Glenn pulls, pulls out a gun. gun. The rescue guy punches him in the face, <laughs> takes him up in the thing, and then they have a civil conversation about, do you speak English? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Self-defense. A minute ago, you just what, you just tried to shoot me. <laughs> so anyway. Oh, there he is there. Yes. <laughs> Hello, human. Anyway. It's uh, really quite a crazy outfit. So, all right. So they... they he gets them back on the space, uh, back on what what turns out to be like a helicopter or something rather, and ships them back off to Eurosac or whatever it is where they Eurosac. came from. Eurosac. And uh, anyway, so now they're back on Earth. 
and uh, Glenn's come back and John, the red shirt, we're never going to hear from him again. He's going to die in a few minutes, but he's still clinging on to life. And they stick Glenn in a computer machine to count his bones or whatever they do. Yep. And um, they make some hints about some strange anomalies. Mm. And it is notably watching it, knowing, expecting some some mirror thing. It's nice noticing that everybody's left-handed. Oh, because they, they already have the guy who takes oh, down the thing and he's left-handed that. and then they go in the next room and the next person writes <laughs> things down he's also left-handed first thing I noticed was everybody's kerchief is in this side ah, I didn't even notice that either and the um, his bomber jacket the wings the American wings are on this side as well uh, yeah okay um so they went to a lot of trouble mm. of doing these little insignificant like no one would notice unless you really look mm-hmm. to try to make things reverse but the plot of reverse, just simply reversing things, it doesn't really work like that. Like, no, do not try, do not, <laughs> no, there's no point. No, no, <laughs> and they knew it, they knew it later on when they say, So, what about electricity? Is that reverse? Is the polarity of electricity reverse? We'll never know. <laughs> so, they're on the other side, you know, the other side of the sun, they're on the other planet, yep. and everything's backwards. So, right's left, and left's right, and and so how, and backwards what and are the things that lead up to um, Ross uh, discovering this? Well, the cars, car, car, there almost is a car crash. He's, he, which is late. Which is late. He's, he's been in the misses. car for, for, for several minutes, yeah, not yeah. realizing that she's on the wrong side of the road. Yep. Um, and then he's uh, in the bathroom. He goes back to his home. That's right. And he like tries to turn. I like this one. He tries to turn on the light switch, and he reaches for where it usually <laughs> is. On the other the side of the door. The other side of the door. <laughs> yeah. So the in the light. bedroom. Even the bedroom is on the and other the be- side of the, the corridor. And the all reversed around. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then he's in the bathroom, and he looks in the mirror, and the bottles on the shelf behind him he can read properly yeah through Col- through the mirror big bold font uh, cologne yeah yeah because that's what you put on you know, <laughs> after <same> bottles. <laughs> no branding it's just col- it's what's what it is it's more important than who makes it um, beer <laughs> so he sees cologne and, and then he has to and then he turns around and everything's written backwards so so he's now starting to notice that everything and apparently that's all you do to make a mirror world. Yeah. Is to write shit backwards and, <laughs> and drive, drive on, on the, the wrong side of the road. <laughs> right. yep. And everything else is the same, though. I seriously, I wanted everybody to have a mustache and a goatee yeah, yeah, yeah. that didn't have one in <laughs> that yeah, world yeah, exactly. and the other people who did. Uh, exactly. No, no, that's reserved for Star Trek. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> And because even, they're not evil. Because I thought, oh yeah, this is the evil, yeah, evil yeah. Earth, and there. But yeah. they're not. That they're, they're just copies. They're yeah. just the they're, same. They're, they're the same. They're yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. Mirror doppelganger as a definition is mirror image, isn't it? Well, it's a duplicate. Duplicate image. Yeah. Mm. All right. So then there's a quick. Not an know, image necessary. Doppelganger is another person who uh, who is the who same as you. Is, you plays your but role. It's a copy. It's a. He's yeah. a copy. He can take over when you when you're away. He can go to work for you. Yeah. All right, so um, he starts to freak out in his house and he throws the cologne around and he's... What presidents he's, use as a decoy. He's a decoy. That's what it is. It's what, what Blofeld has when, when James did, Bond tries to kill him yeah, yeah, and yeah. kills him and he kills the doppelganger That's and right. later kills him again and kills another doppelganger. That's right. Yeah. So, um, 
Basically, he goes crazy. Or he doesn't go crazy, he just starts getting agitated and his wife calls in the the men in white coats. She doesn't hesitate. No, no. Yeah. She just says, oh, hello, my husband's gone, gone bananas. She is quite the mole <laughs> in in both universes, <laughs> in both, on both planets. She, she's thrown him under the bus first. Yeah, that's true. That's both planets. Opportunity. Yeah, it's both planets. It's, yeah, getting a raw deal there. So they turn up, uh, <laughs> the ambulance turns up, but they leave the stretcher. <laughs> yeah, in the yeah, ambulance. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they knock him out. Yeah, yeah. And then carry him limp <laughs> out to the stretcher and put the, put him on the stretcher in the car, in the gar- in the um uh, the driveway and then put him in the ambulance. I like how they kind of trick him as well and they say, "Hello, Mr. Ross." And they and he says, "Oh, what? Hi. Oh, uh, what's over there, Mr. Ross? What? Something? <laughs> Whack!" And they knock him in the back of the head. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right, so they take him in there and um you know, that he goes back to the base for and and this is where one of the best scenes of the film comes. Okay, what's that scene? It's interrogation. interrogation in the, oh yes, with the chair <laughs> in the most incredible interrogation room. Okay, so so describe the interrogation room, Dan. Well, well, the room is like a concrete bunker. It's an amphitheater. It's like a, yes, yeah, a sort of a tiny amphitheater. Mm. It's like a concrete bunker, but there's like a parabolic dish. It's a into funnel. The, a funnel in, yeah. and there's a, a chair, a chair at right the bottom of the funnel. And then there's two Everybody. chairs. At the top of the funnel. Yeah, on either side. On opposite, either side. Opposite side. So no one person can ask questions while the other person is <laughs> yeah, in view. You see the back of his head. And I like how he walks down the stairs and he's sort of slowly walking down the stairs and looks around and he's like, this isn't the debriefing yeah. room. <laughs> <laughs> this is the interrogation room. <laughs> yes, Mr. Ross. Yep. <laughs> so in comes Mr. Security and the, uh, and the wet blanket chick. And so they're going to grill him because it turns out that he has – they think that he's come back early. That's right. From the trip. Yeah. Why and did you like, turn around? Yeah, why did you turn around? Because that's yep. so easy. That makes perfect sense. Yes. Yep. You have, space, have a huge rocket ship to get you this going this direction at a thousand miles an hour. <laughs> then you turn and around. then, yeah, you just turn around. Yeah. Just yeah, came I'm, back. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he's gone three weeks. They're expecting him to be gone six weeks. And so why has he why is he come back? And he keeps saying, no, I didn't come back. I didn't mm. come back. I Went and did all the things I was supposed to do, and they kind of don't believe him. Yep. All right, so... The whole time, they're taking turns at asking questions. And that's why he's on the swivel chair, because he has to swivel to one. And it's a very disorienting scene (laughs) for him and for the viewer. Um, But then they start to cotton on, eventually. They start to kind of work it out, Mm. and um, they Mm. they give him a test. They hold up a mirror. Well, they they already knew anyway, because they did the scan at the start. They already... But they weren't sure. Yeah, he was The organs are the wrong way around. The liver is on the left. Yeah. So they started working out, and they do a few tests, and he can read writing in the mirror. read reverse That was the test. That was the final proof, that he could read from the mirror. Yeah. Um, And then um, John... Who cares? Dies. We yeah. He's in a metal tube and yeah. And uh, Jason goes and hassles him one last time. <laughs> and he really served no purpose uh, yeah. at all. He he pulled the um, Ross out of the burning. He gave um, Ross somebody craft. to talk to in terms of um, in the, expository dialogue. Absolutely. Every now and again but on he the spaceship, he could have died in the crash. Right, the, yep. if not for the fact that he pulled Ross out of the crash, mm. then they didn't have to do that, and then catches fire and yeah, you know, whatever, happened. whatever. It was a nice crash, but reality, he doesn't really do he anything. doesn't do anything no. beyond that. 
Mm. Right. I don't so, know. So there's no story. The, the audio was pretty low. The, did he, does he say any dying words to so. Andrew Webb when when he goes in and talks to him? I can't remember the character. I, I can't remember, remember what Andrew, he said. I, think I can't remember looked, what he, the glass. Looks yes, eyes. he said something, but like, I couldn't remember what it was or the significance of it. It was just yeah, yeah, the definition of a forgettable character. Yeah, yeah. All right, so he dies. All right, cool. Yep. And then we get another trippy drug sequence. So this is our second one because um, Glenn's in the – they're pumping him up with drugs after the interrogation. So, and, all of the time, and so like we get that. into yeah. another, yeah. you know, trippy drug sequence. But now we're coming to the conclusion. Yep. And I've got here the next story beat, which is the important story beat, which is where, where everything arrives at the, the conclusion, which is the discussion mm-hmm. with um, Glenn and Jason. Right. So Glenn's in this room where he is and he calls in Jason and and says, all right, we've got to have a talk. Mm. And Glenn is going to now explain what he thinks has happened That's right. to Jason. Yep. And so he says, look, what's happened is there's two planets and there's two rockets and the two rockets passed each other and the two rockets landed on either planet and you and I have never met before, you know. There's another Jason, and they're, now they're standing in front of a mirror. There's another Jason and another Glenn on the other side of the sun. And um, and eventually Jason kind of agrees that that's the case. That's what's actually yeah. happened. Yeah. And um, they have this cool scene, that one of the best scenes I thought in the movie, where it's like, you know, they sort of shake hands and it's like, well, pleased to meet you, Jason, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. And, uh, he puts out the wrong hand. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, he puts out the wrong hand. So um, so we've got to bring this to a conclusion now. Yeah. Um, the thing is that they don't have any evidence of this. No, that's right. Okay. But the evidence that they can get is the yeah. the lunar whatever ship that he arrived on. It's got the scans. Yeah, yeah. So they have to go back up to orbit to grab that spaceship and bring it back down again mm. and show the world. However, there's another plot point, and that is that Jason has been keeping it quiet that Glenn came back three weeks early. He's been keeping it quiet, you know. Oh, from Glenn? No, no, from the rest of the world. Uh, no, they were interrogating him about. Well, they were on the base. Oh, okay. Didn't hit but the newspapers. Oh, but they saying. kept the Mongolian helicopter pilot quiet, yeah. and he didn't know anything. And those are the only people. So it's really now it's only Jason and Glenn who actually know the full truth. A yep. few other people on the base know a few things, but they don't know everything. Yep. Um, so he's been keeping it quiet, and he's been keeping it quiet because they paid a thousand million billion yeah. dollars for this, yeah. and he's like, you know, if he's fucked this up, and he turned around early, yeah, yeah, you know, the shit's gonna hit the fan. Yep. So their plan is to go back up into space mm. and grab the orbiter and bring it back down. And so they put that plan into motion, um, and what they do is they refit the front of the ship so that the the, the plug that plugs into things all connects together and the yep. polarity is all correct and everything. And uh, So they think. So they think. Mm-hmm. And they send Glenn up into space and he tries to plug into the other ship and everything goes wrong. Mm-hmm. And then his ship falls out the back of the other ship and starts to crash. It goes through some automatic uh, it jettison Something or process other. and spits, spits the uh, docking ship out the back. And then it starts to crash... And the guys on the ground are trying to use, like, I don't know what they were. They have some, like, gigantic magnet. They're trying yeah. to, not literally, they're, but they're trying to they're pull auto, the ship closer to them using their auto, auto something or other. Auto landing something. system, yep. And that's what, because they lose control, 
And then happily for the writers of the story, the the spaceship with Glenn is now on a missile death trajectory straight towards the base that it came from, yep. <laughs> and it goes down there like a nuclear rocket and blows yeah. the whole the whole thing to pieces. It just takes it all all out. Yes, yeah, including the submersible buildings that can go underground. <laughs> yeah, 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 blows up everything. Yep. Then we insta cut to Jason twenty years later. He's in a retirement home, and he's well, it's probably in a, in, a, in a loony bin. He's in a loony bin. Mm. Um, and he's saying, and all the evidence was lost and all of the data tapes were gone and nobody ever believed me. And he's talking to himself outside. Like, talking to himself. We imagine he? that he says that to himself every day or something or other. His wheelchair. He's gone bananas. Yep. And um, his nurse brings him inside mm-hmm. and he sees a mirror. And so he decides to run his wheelchair into it and crash and die. And then at the end. And that's the end. That's that's it. That's literally it. Uh, we don't even see the crash and die, do we? No. We just see him running towards the mirror. And we hear the, the noise of the crashing glass, uh, and then there's the psychedelic, cloudy, coloured stuff uh, gets flashed up, mm-hmm. and then the end. Yeah. And that's it. I must say that film made a bigger impression to a younger me, yep. which is why I had always wanted to see the yep. ending. Well... All of that exposition and all of the characters and all that wouldn't mean anything to to young kids that are looking at those that stuff that cool stuff because that's cool stuff uh, yeah right yeah. Models. there's the no models, digital yeah. there's no digital world and he is the best on the planet at the time to do these miniatures he was there was no one doing it as good as he was um, as far as this scientific um, engineer technology based miniatures so. My thoughts on the ending are... I was pretty disappointed with the ending. Uh, yeah. Yep. Um, I thought that the people who wrote it, when you write science fiction mm. or any stories really, they're a kind of an exploration about what would it be like if aliens came to our planet? What would it be like if if you had a teleportation machine? You know, And then you go off and explore. This one is, what would it be like if there's another planet on the other side of the, the world? Yep. You know, What would it be like? And the kind of answer that the story gives us is... You know, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit weird. And then then you wake up and it's kind of mostly a dream. Yeah. And then you go on with your life. It felt like there's no, (coughs) in the film there is no, there's a, you need a purpose to strive for Mm -hmm. and then you need to reach that goal and then see what comes of it, Mm -hmm. right? This film felt like it was not, it, it wasn't, it didn't really have a purpose. It was it, like it was meant to let us believe that this could be real, right? Because we have never heard of it. Mm. Why? Why? If there was another planet on the other side of the sun, we would have heard about it. Mm. This explains to us why we would not have heard about mm. it mm. because all the evidence was lost and nobody knows about it anymore. Yeah. Let's S- us think after and oh, maybe, maybe it's you know, what if it is true? Mm. So I was thinking I'd write a better ending. Mm. So let me. I would have written a better starting. I would have different film. (laughs) (laughs) Many thousands and thousands of people have 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 written a shorter film that's about fifteen minutes long. It's exactly the same. You can change the premise ever so slightly to make it more interesting. By the reason we know the planet is there is that we've received some kind of message. Mm -hmm. We don't know what it means, but we know that it's in English or, or understandable, it's mm-hmm. mathematic or something, and that's all we know. So we've got to go, right? Mm-hmm. At the moment, we just found a planet, right? 
and which is a little cheap. It, yeah, it does feel a little cheap. There's a whole doesn't bunch it? of other planets. Why, yeah. we, why aren't we going to those? You know what I mean? Like there was no real reason for going. Okay. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, wasn't like it was a planet of gold or. Was, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. You gave me no reason to go and spend a trillion dollars, mm-hmm. right? And then when I got there, there was no. Like I didn't I, get I my didn't, trillion dollars worth. Well, I didn't have a reason for going anyway. Yeah. So I achieved my goal just by getting here. Even if I crashed into your mountain, that's what I was supposed to do because mm. really I wasn't asked to do anything else. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. And so that's what was missing for the, in this film for me as a narrative. Okay, I want to picture my ending. Yeah. Jason is a bit of a jerk. He kills yeah. people. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, he does. He killed that... Dude, even though he was a bad guy who was stealing things, he was like, guy. fuck it, we're just going to kill him. Just and kill he, him. And he almost killed his, his mate, John. I was pretty... Well, a couple of While I was watching it, I was like, is is Jason going to kill John? <laughs> Turns out, no, it was a big accident. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so here's my, my, my better ending. Is that Jason... After he talks to Glenn mm. about, um, oh, oh, yeah. After he talks to Glenn, and they talk about the mirror, and then he starts, then he gets put in his mind that there's another Jason on that other planet. Yeah. And then, but he's also got the thousand million billion dollar euro things on his back, and so you know, shit's going to hit the fan, and he's got to kind of work out how he's going to get himself out of this. Mm. And so he comes up with a plan that what he's going to do is he's going to kill Glenn. Mm-hmm. He's going to send Glenn back up to orbit, secretly, and then let Glenn come back again yeah, yeah, yeah. and burn him up in the atmosphere yeah. and he'll die. Yeah. And then Jason can wash his hands in front of the million-dollar billion and say, look, Glenn blame, fucked it up. It yeah, yeah. yeah, well. Nah, but hang on, what would be pro- what's the, his problem in the first place? The mission was a success. There is another, they learned. No, 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 the mission isn't a success in the way that I'm writing it because he came back early yeah. and he kind of didn't have any information. He didn't have enough information. Yeah. Hmm. Bear with me here. Out. Bear yeah. with me here. If you take him out, you can you can blame the whole thing on the on the astronaut, which he probably did. So that's he? his plan, right? This is his plan. Okay, might find a few plot holes, but we'll patch those up later. Yeah. Right. But here's the the kicker. <laughs> yeah. Is that all the time that he's thinking of this plan and organizing it? We spend a bit of time in the story when the camera watching him plan it and organize it. All the time, the whole time, he's looking in the mirror. Mm. And he's looking in the mirror because he knows that the other Jason on the other side of the sun is doing the same thing. And he's like giving a wink to that other Jason and he's like, yeah, you and me, buddy. And then he kills Glenn. And then there's the big, you know, Mm. the the press meeting and he's like, oh, it's such a shame that Glenn died. Oh, well. And then just then... Another Glenn turns up in orbit. Yeah, yeah. Right? He was successful. And then he looks in the mirror and he's like, You fucking, you double cross me, you prick. I like it. I like it. That would work. So, the answer to the question of what would happen if, you know, they're the same. Yeah. They might not always be the same. They and might I think change. That's, that's one of the problems I've got with this whole mirror thing, right? Where the writing's backwards, the people drive on the opposite mm. side. It's opposite stuff, mm. right? Mm so why are they doing the same things in the on the other planet? Why are we assuming, like, they, mm. the characters are all assuming because that... Because the characters right, are the same. They have evolved right to that now, very moment to be married is, to the, is same in the same person. same office as yes, that person. wearing the same if clothes. You, if you go back to the question of what would it be like if there was a copy of the planet over there, the kind of cool... 
the the boring answer is yes, they're always the same and they do everything the same and they're mm. all the same. But the mm. kind of cool answer is well, what if they're not exactly the same? Yeah, well, that's what know. the Star Trek yeah. mirror universe is, which doesn't make any sense either because everybody kills each other and yeah. still they're all married to the same people. Yeah. Well, in the, the in the story that positions. I write as well, it puts Jason on the kind of evil planet. He's the evil one, yeah. and the other Jason. Maybe he kills a few people every now and again, but okay. he's kind of the good one. He said <laughs> he only kills, a, only kills a few people, so therefore he's the good guy. Yeah. I don't think there's there's any way that the opposite dimension thing can ever work. Like it's it just it's impossible to hold it up. Like you, 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 because of that reason, you can't have opposite things and then have all these things that are the same. Mm. So therefore, if it's opposite, it'll all be opposite. And therefore, I won't look like me. I'll look totally different. My hair will be different colour. I'll have different... Everything about me will be you different. You won't even so exist because even your be. parents never met. So therefore, I won't be me. No. And neither will you be you and all the rest of it. And so the whole fucking thing doesn't work. And the only way it can work is if you play funny buggers with the rules. Yep. It's a, well, it's opposite for traffic. And it's yeah, opposite yeah, for yeah. light switches. They don't talk just like opposite. you. Just like you need a huge, backwards. big yes. ass rocket to launch on one planet, yeah. but then it's just little, sp- little, little glider to launch from the other. <laughs> well, clocks yeah. tick backwards. Yeah, right? yeah. And, but we don't talk backwards. Yeah. yeah, they read backwards, but they don't talk backwards. Yeah, yeah. so only some of it. So the plot is it's, oh, it's, it's full, full, full of holes. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. right. So the, it's absolutely. problematic to start with. But my, like I said, my biggest problem is for as a film. You need a purpose for a journey. It's a journey film. Like, it's going from point A to point B, right? We're prepping for it. <clears throat> and that's the we're problem. We're going on the journey and we're reaching the, d- the destination. The problem is I have no, there's no motivation for the trip. Mm. There's no – tell me why you're going and then, and so that I, at least I know that you failed or that you achieved it. Yeah, we didn't really go anywhere. It was just like – and it had so that it's hard to get of, on board. <clears throat> I woke up and it was all a dream ending. Yeah, and the characters – who do you give a fuck about in this film? No one. No one, really. There's no one. No. no one in no. the film you give no. a fuck about. No. Um, Relate there's, to. There's only one person that you get close to, which is the the web guy, the Andrew, what was his name? Jason. Jason Webb. He's the but one, he's unlikable, really. But he's, he's unlikable, that's he's right. A, he's the only one we get close enough to understand has a p- purpose bigger than this thing. And he's a dickhead. So, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Without the spectacular mm. miniatures and special effects... It'd be a terrible film. So let's uh, so let's let's rate it. Okay. Tom borrow borrow. Yeah. Mm. I've been waiting long enough to see it. Yep. I'm glad I saw it. Yep. I kind of loved it. Mm. I loved l- loads of things about it: the miniatures and the skivvies and the clopping around on. You know, hard floors and the buttons and the tape decks and the music and the. But uh, yeah, we've just. If we look back over our shows, <clears throat> all of our shows, mm. that you're the only person that can say, I kind of loved it. <laughs> <laughs> like, love is an extreme like. Uh, an like extreme it's, digital it's thing. An extreme version <laughs> yeah. of like, and you kind of loved it. Well, it's like, like the same Dan who just said that the guy who kills only a few people is kind of the good guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's all relative, man. I, all give relative. It, I give it three unicorns. <laughs> it's frogs, Dan. It's frogs. Um, so, did, buy, borrow, what are you doing with it? Um, I don't think it raises up to buy, so it's it's a borrow. So you wouldn't have it in the collection, but you'd definitely... Uh, yeah, you should watch it. If you came across it on a Saturday evening or something... If you have a, have a 
player with speed control. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And your Saturday ev- evening's boringer and slower than... Yep. Yeah. Yep. Now, it's definitely watch it once, borrow, yep. watch once. Yeah. Um, I, I agree. I'm, I'm on the same. I would borrow it. Um, although I'm leaning towards buy, mainly because of... Anderson's um, legacy. Yeah, yeah. I've got his. It is Anderson. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, I've got his documentary, which I highly recommend. It came out a couple of years ago, only oh. about two years ago, and it's the um, Super Marionation. Super Marionation. Um, it is called. And if you get the Blu-ray version, uh-huh. it comes with two discs. One has, I think, the pilot episode of all of his different shows. So red is it red mm. scarlet or something? He did one was red scarlet. Um, he did the stingray, mm. um, all of the TV shows. There's and there's a massive documentary goes for nearly three hours on how they got up and running, who they were, where they came from, um, the relationships that they had to get up and running, where mm. the money came from, who were their early producers that sort of funded them. Mm. A lot of that early work was done from a country house in England mm. um, where they set fire to it at least half a dozen times <laughs> um, because they were really playing with chemicals and, uh, yeah. you know, gunpowder and all sorts of shit to do the things that they were doing. Yeah. And it was all in the, And then they sort of went out <clears throat> and got a soundstage and... Um, went broke a couple of times the wife is very um she played lady penelope mm. she's the co-producer it, yeah. she's the co-producer and of this the film as well or something. i don't of this film yeah let me check maybe um yeah yeah she yeah she wrote it yeah sylvia yeah, aniston yeah. and jerry aniston and sylvia aniston uh, aniston mm. was still alive and kicking up until recently I, she might even still be alive mm. um because she put her blessing on and provided the voice for the brand new Thunderbirds oh, right. that Weta hmm. are doing, uh, Pukako. For the same, for, for Lady Penelope? For Lady Penelope. Okay. For the senior Lady Penelope. Yeah. There's a junior Lady Penelope in um, in that new series. I think she played a different role, but she provided the voice. Um, as far as I'm aware, she's still alive and, oh no, she died in 2016. Um, but she was a driving force in a lot of this. You know, she was the one that fed the crew and made sure mm. everybody and she provided the voice for a lot of the characters and stuff like that. I think I can hear her voice in announcements happening in the background of this film. Oh, yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah, she's like, um, which is Gene Roddenberry's wife provided the computer mm. voice in Star Trek. Barrette, yeah. <laughs> Whenever you heard the computer talking in Star Trek, it was her. Um, so, yeah, uh, I highly recommend that Super Marionation documentary Um mm. For anyone's collection, because mm-hmm. it's a real testament and celebration of a pretty cool moment in time where miniatures were uh, were holding their own mm-hmm. on a on a on a um, episodic mm. television series. Now, did he only build miniatures for his own shows, or did he actually no, no. do? Are there other films that are totally unrelated to this sort of fantastic sci-fi? Uh, similar that will have. Well, he did a lot of the miniatures for some of the 007 stuff. For this is um, Derek Meddings, who I've got up here. He's the the, visu- uh, the visual and special effects um, mm-hmm. soup, mm-hmm. and yeah, Goldeneye, yeah, Moonraker. Well, a lot of the earlier stuff like Moonraker, and um, you know the uh, there's a James Bond film where the nemesis is an underwater guy, and he's got oh, this big yeah, yeah, dome yeah. Shit, which type. Is that one? Uh, 
the plot is that he is gobbling up nuclear submarines. That's with, right. Yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, all those models and miniatures are mm. Jerry Anderson's crew. Yeah, right. So, yeah, no, he, he did a lot of that stuff. A lot of the uh, miniature work for James Bond films. Because they were the best. It'd be like Harryhausen doing. Um, yeah, doing but the James stuff. Bond is another fantastic kind of miniature. He has weird, weird weapons. I wonder if if they also did stuff that is more subtle. I'm not sure. You'd have to really. There was nothing I saw in that. Um, oh, there were things that weren't so sci-fi. I know he did kids, children's television puppetry stuff. Doctor Who. There were there were westerns and stuff yeah. like that. Um, this is Derek Meddings we're talking about. No, well, Jerry Anderson. Meddings work for for Anderson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but th- this was his f- genre, really. And this is probably the peak of their, their you know, skills so. at this. This is really their... I think know. so. And when you consider it's 1969, mm. right, um, they, they were doing some awesome stuff, cinematically, like uh, lensing-wise and things mm-hmm. like that. They'd love the lenses that were used on, say, Lord of the Rings. Mm. You know, um, Lord of the Rings were using those bigotures, which were about the same scale as a lot of the stuff that they did in this, but they didn't have the lenses back then that were that would do the depth of field mm. that Lord of the Rings were able to do. Mm. So um, you get that really... Sh- and the compositing skills that shallow to, to, for- to make it look not like a miniature. I mean, not everything here looks like a miniature. It's that shallow fall-off. That and that tilt shift effect that mm. you get naturally with miniatures, the macro um, fall off mm. with with depth of field, um, we got a lot better at that. By mm. the time we were doing miniatures for Star Wars films and for um, Lord of the Rings and that sort of stuff, it's a pity because we got so good at it. And then along came digital, and then there's really no need to build that shit anymore. Mm. Uh, there was a little Just honeymoon period there where they thought, oh, you still get better detail in miniatures. No, you don't. Mm. Not anymore. Mm -hmm. You you can really work all that detail in. Um, All right. Very good. So uh, that's it for another another show, another week. Um, Anything exciting coming up, gentlemen? Um, Tom, you're going on a hiatus for a little while. Yeah, (coughs) going away for two weeks to sit on a beach at the Coral Reef. Beautiful. So where are you going? Far north Queensland? Uh, No, south South. Queensland, so sort of just north of Brisbane. Noosa. East, east of uh, Gladstone. Not Harvey Bay. No, southern tip of the Great Barrier Reef, so it's already oh, okay. Coral Sea. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's the southern Mac- end. It's Mackay. the Capricorn, Capricorn Capricorn Bunker Group. Coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A uh, little island called Lady Musgrave. Mm-hmm. And we'll just, and there's nothing there except for a composting toilet. That's the only building and, and, a, and, a, and a tower with a light on top, a little lighthouse tower. I'm sure you'll have There's a fantastic time. <laughs> I will. Sounds awesome. It is. <laughs> the thing I look most forward to is that there's no way to, there's no reception, there's no way to charge a phone, there's yeah. just, there's just no electronics for I, two Because um, you're a diver, right? And I, I, I've tracked the, um, the demise of <laughs> aqua tourists in Australia over the last 30 years. Um, You're seeing only the negatives. And there's a lot of places up the east coast of Australia where we used to hunt whales, right? Australia was a pretty serious whaling colony um, Mm. for a long time. And all all the way from um, Eden, all the way up to North Queensland, uh, or mid mid sort of Queensland coast. Um, Especially Harvey Bay and, and the area that you're talking about. They're whaling stations, and they were whaling stations for nearly a hundred years. And 
when you cut open carcasses, whale carcasses, on a daily basis for decades, it brings. Critters. There's a there's a there's a there's a knowledge there's a meme there's yeah, a memory yeah. in the in the shark brains <laughs> of that right. area that they know that there's good food to be had there's even though they big, haven't seen any in decades. There's some big bodies up there. There's I tiger sharks. Where I exactly the, around the, that island? It's the tigers that I worry about. Yeah, um, they're they're they're, they're aggressive and they'll eat anything. Well, I'll be All on right. the next show if I don't get eaten by a shark. All right, we, you'll be represented by a holograph on the next show. Okay. For you. Might, might do a pre-recording. Yeah. So we this, did- is a, this is a perfect segue for us to egress out of here <laughs> <laughs> um, and a segue into Stingrays. Ah, yes. We can play a bit of uh, the Stingray opening, uh, which is another Jerry Anderson. All right, so 30 seconds of Stingray. Stand by for action. Exact same music, probably the same composer. We are about to launch Stingray. Like it's just identical. The down through the <laughs> ceiling, in, you know the even the music. Like you can imagine him pitching it. <laughs> I've got a brand new series. Okay, how is it different from? Thunderbirds. Well, let me sing you a little song. (laughs) (laughs) Anything can happen in the next half hour. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. Uh, Submersible buildings again, yes. And this. Yeah, no, that's classic. With the fish. What the heck? A robot fish chasing chasing the submarine. (laughs) All right, we'll get copyright killed by people. All right, then. Check us out on YouTube. Okay. Yep. Voyage of the Geek. Check us out on Twitter. Voyage of the Geek. Facebook. Thanks for watching, everybody. All the socials. Till next time. Bye for me. I'll Bye-bye. Bye. What is your